art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> uh, hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. Uh, this is uh, this is Russ and that's Zach. Hello. And uh, t- we're, we're, we're here to do the year-end wrap-up for 2021, a year in which we had almost no episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, is, which is odd, considering, like... Everyone else, started, everyone else in the world started a podcast. Yeah, and, and the one that we've had ongoing for I don't know how many years uh, at this point um, is I was like, yeah, no, 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 I don't know why. Probably because we didn't watch anything that I mean, like obviously we watched yeah, yeah. stuff we watched, but it was like obviously nothing in the theaters, which is always the kind of like at least like in before pandemic times at yeah. least it was like once probably once a month we'd be able to do something on that but then also like everything that came out was <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it's been a weird year for that like i i really um there were there were very few things that really blew my blew me away some of the things that i really liked were like the low budget zero budget indie bullshit that i only watched for my day job because like some publicist or another uh, yeah. was can you please please talk to this person yeah. <laughs> uh, and so uh uh it's it's been and, and i didn't even watch a lot of the blockbusters that were like available on uh hbo max and stuff because yeah. i'm just so disconnected and it's like honestly uh it's been so hard to find that kind of time and when i do have time to like sit and just watch something i've been watching a lot of comfort food movies mm-hmm. and like I'll be like three drinks in and like, ah, I don't feel like going to sleep yet. And so I'm not going to yep. watch the Matrix Resurrections because I know that I'm going to want to actually engage with that. Yeah, 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 same. I mean, that that was one of those reasons why like I haven't watched like almost everything um, that's come out in the last couple of weeks, especially like, since I moved. I just moved to uh, for anyone. Eh, I moved to Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, and so which is why there's like a vast nothingness in my <laughs> in my shot. If we, I don't know if we are, we ever use this video or not, but we um, do. I, I, I might this time just because it would be nice to like just stick it up tomorrow and have a year ending. Which is it's funny now because you have a very nice background. I usually I have do, a very yeah. nice background. Like I have my like you know design corner that like yeah. is like has everything like very specific in the shot. And now I have like. Basically, I'm in my I'm in my living room as opposed to my office because I just don't have any furniture. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so just echo in there. <laughs> I mean, it's echoey in here, but but it's funny. I at least have like literally like everything in the background of the shot is almost every. I, other than that, I have a folding table <laughs> over here. <laughs> I, I have the opposite. If I turned this yeah. camera around, uh, somebody would call the police on me if they saw <laughs> the state of this office. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Hoff is buried somewhere in here. Uh, but, uh, the, the the funny thing, like going through the list, I mean, like because I just literally went through like I started, I kind of went through Amazon or went through like the different streaming services and like went through like what you know watch again basically. I was just like, okay, what did I what did I actually watch? And um, uh, which by the way, that's actually kind of a problematic. It's like it's a hard, it's impossible because. You know, at this point, like from nine months ago or whatever, 
it's impossible to know half the stuff you watched on, say, like Netflix or a lot of these streaming platforms because they're gone um, because they don't own them or whatever. And so, like, basically, like half the stuff I actually have on my like list of films seen are, are like films that Godzilla and Kong or Jolt or Army of Thieves, like films that. Yeah. They the Netflix came out with. And so I'm like, I know I saw a lot of a lot, a lot more independent stuff. But oh, yeah. I just don't remember. The other problem is that half the films I was just like, oh, I saw that this year it came out in 2019. I yeah. saw that this year it came out in 2020. No, but like as in like I forgot that it came out that year. Not that like, oh, I'd watched it again or something like that. Because right. that was some, I'm just like, oh, my God, it's all really is blending together. I was convinced that that movie came out this year. And it's funny, a handful of the movies that I watched for the day job, like the indie movies and the horror stuff, and stuff uh, are things where I I watched them because they were finally coming to like a place where they could be seen by people. Yeah. But you know, it's movies that have been on the festival circuit in 2019, and so they're yeah. all listed as 2019 movies, and I'm like, I don't, I, I can't dig back through all of my emails like my hundreds of work emails to make sure that like i know there was this victorian horror movie that i watched um and it was like set in a hospital in the 1970s and um the power went out and it was not especially memorable it was fine uh mm-hmm. the cast was really good in it but like i don't even remember what the fuck that was called and i don't know how to easily find it i think it was called the power yeah um, but it was, it, it's one of those, like, it was fine. Yeah. But like, when you look at the thing, that director has two more indie horror movies coming out this year or 2022, yeah. because that movie was finished pre pandemic and just has been waiting to just, like finish its festival obligations before it could be released. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, God, it's. But yeah, there were some there were some like real bright spots this year, but they were few and far between. And like I said, some of the ones that I really liked were things that I never would have watched if it wasn't like, oh, I want to interview that person. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was why don't we start at the uh, at the tail end of this? And uh, what was there anything that you had expectations for that when you actually saw it, you're like, oh fuck, that was terrible. Um. <sighs> Yeah. Um, God, where is it? I, I just have like my massive text, so I'm trying to yeah. find. I'm trying to figure out where. Um, I mean, I guess I had expect. I'm trying to think of. I guess I, I was actually. I very rarely look forward to uh, horror films, um, but after the last Halloween film, I was really looking forward to the follow-up sequel, just because like, oh my God, they're like they're doing things right. They're like this is a solidly good film. Yeah. And then Halloween Kill Kills came out, and it was like it was fine. Like it was fine, but it wasn't like the first one. The the first, obviously, the first one of the, of this kind of like yeah. kind of half weird reboot, whatever it is. Um, but was really solidly good. Like solid acting. The writing was actually decent. Like the the suspense, the horror, the everything kind of came together. As again, as a person who real not only doesn't like um horror films kind of in general, but like doesn't like I really don't like the franchise stuff that much. Yeah. And uh, like usually the horror films I like are like the weird spinoffs, you know, like the weird indie yeah. stuff or whatever. That's just like it's funny. I like a lot of those. I like a lot of the the uh, um, what was I gonna say? I like Franch- a lot of the those kinds of franchises on principle, yeah. where it's like I have a, a general affection for them, mm-hmm. but 
a lot of them it's like oh yeah i i, I like halloween and then i'm just like i've seen like four of them yeah, and yeah. uh you know one of those was just atrocious because i saw halloween resurrection at a press screening and not like a press screening like a radio station screening or something with the emerald city video team yeah um <laughs> i just i i never understand with the with the with those films why they can't be at least a well-made film yeah. Like I get like there was a, a kind of a time period in the early 2000s where kind of everything was getting reboots and add, they were adding celebrities or like I guess it would be late 90s, early 2000s, probably um, yeah. that everything was kind of like all the 70s stuff was like either getting reboots or kind of re envisions um, with, you know, throwing in like, oh, OK, we can get a name actor in here or something yeah. and, and do something or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so like that was just like that was kind of the time that i would have started paying attention to them mm-hmm. and so like i have kind of a bad taste in my mouth from them and also just like i just don't understand in, in 2021 like you can get a good script like you can yeah. hire somebody like because all the all the people that grew up on these films are now like there's there are a lot of them are screenwriters you know oh, yeah. and like so like oh you can hire somebody who actually really adores and loves this thing and and then can do it justice but like as opposed to you know and but yeah, yeah. i don't know it's, no, that's why you're getting things like uh, finally yeah. reboot cool and then mm-hmm. you know stream is coming out next month mm-hmm. at, from the radio silence guys which i assume will be good because uh the ready or not was great and i don't know yeah. that you could have it yeah. i mean with wes craven having passed away and everybody yeah. being so emotionally invested in him on that set i don't know that you could have gotten nev campbell who's already pretty picky about her roles to come back if the script wasn't solid yeah yeah Uh, but uh yeah i didn't have a lot of disappointments this year i think the one uh and this is like kind of silly because i just it it was it's not a movie that should have been good but i was hoping Mm -hmm. was clifford the big red dog (laughs) i actually was wondering because i was going through the list i'm like did that actually end up coming out? I don't even remember yeah, it, it. I mean, it obviously it's date, not. Date, at least on Paramount Plus, because oh, okay, yeah. the uh, the thing that happened with – it's funny. Uh, one of the things that I think is going to happen from now on is that more and more family movies are going to get day and date. Because even with Disney fighting tooth and nail against day and date releases, they still put a bunch of the Pixar movies and stuff out on Disney Plus. Yeah. And – while something like Halloween Kills or something like the Suicide Squad really suffered from mm-hmm. a date date release where then like college students could torrent it the next day. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. The that doesn't ha- that doesn't have the same effect on kids movies, especially because they're so like they get rewatched so many times. And yeah. so like uh, Paw Patrol is a good example. Paw Patrol made a bunch of movie at the box and money at the box office, not like a huge number, but basically what you would expect Paw Patrol to make at the box office. Yeah, yeah. It was like $40 million domestic or something. Yeah. And also was a huge hit on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. So like it was in both spaces, it was a success. Yeah. And Clifford had the same thing. Like it mm-hmm. was a modest hit. It wasn't like a $100 million movie. But, you know, they spent 15 to make it, made 50. I'm mm-hmm. making all those numbers. I don't remember the exact thing. But anyway, good <laughs> yeah. enough. They got a sequel uh, already greenlit. And uh, <laughs> I think the, the funny thing is, like, I, I was hoping the movie would just be, like, a good, solid, like, entertaining family movie. Mm-hmm. It was just there – were, there were glimmers of stuff like that. Like, Russell Wong was in the movie, and he was amazing. 
uh, and uh, and of course I'm going to check his name now because I'm pretty sure I got it right, but uh, uh, I want to make sure that I did. Yes, Russell Wong, uh, but he had like no time in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. He was like literally what happens is at one point they they like write themselves into a corner and they need to like figure out a way to like we need to get Clifford out of the city, <laughs> and so conveniently. Emily Elizabeth, her like friend at school, is like, oh, my dad is a multi-billionaire. He owns ships. And yeah, Russell Wong comes in and like he just picks up the movie and carries it for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> and so like there were there were glimmers of of like a really entertaining family movie in there, but like there's a lot of stuff where you just like who who was this written for? Yeah. Like there was a lot of, you know, uh, there was a lot of stuff where it's like this is too old for the target audience and it's too um, coarse to be something mm-hmm. that family that parents can be like, oh, yeah, that's really good that they put that in. The, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I just I watched it and I was just baffled by it. I was like, what is this? And like the 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 macro plot, like the big, you know, was just straight out of like every 90s direct-to-video kids movie it's yeah. like there's a uh there's a genetic testing lab that uh it's trying to grow huge corn so they can feed the world or something yeah and so they see clifford and they're like we need to sequence that dog's dna so so wait it's rampage Yes, Basically. yes and no, because like the thing, the weird thing of it is yeah, that yeah. bad guys in that movie have yeah. like what is ostensibly an altruistic agenda. Like mm-hmm. we never, like we see that Tony Hale's character is a shitbag. Yeah. But like the people who surround him seem like genuinely decent people who are committed to their ostensibly altruistic mission. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. With one exception, there's like a sycophant who just hangs off of Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but they also don't pay it off. Like, there's this woman who's with Tony, Han- like his personal assistant, who yeah. is clearly like the entire time clearly not comfortable with all the bad stuff they're doing. Yeah. And in the so as the movie goes, you're like, okay, so what's going to happen is in the end, in the big climactic scene, she's going to turn on him somehow. Like she's yeah. gonna be like, no, this is the wrong thing to do. Doesn't happen. Doesn't like you see her visibly uncomfortable the entire time, and then there's never a moment where that pays off where she's like, no, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Until after everything is done, and like it, it has that very like, um, oh gosh, I can't even think of the movie now. But like, there's some older movies where like 80s and 90s comedies yeah. where the the bad guy's plan fails and oh like you know what i'm thinking of i'm thinking of uhf okay. where yeah. uh the bad guy's plan fails and then it's like the parade of people coming through to be like i'm suing you for sexual harassment oh and i'm from the fcc and i'm yeah. taking away your license you know yeah uh, yeah it, it was like that like at the very end of that movie it was like it wasn't just like he doesn't get the dog. It was also like the police are like, you claimed you owned this dog and it 
so we we did this ridiculous car chase scene with 36 NYPD cruisers. We're yeah. sending them two million dollar bill to pay for it, um, <laughs> and like all of that crap. And mm-hmm. so it's just like she, she finally like tells him off and quits, but it's only after everything's over. There's no yeah. stakes to her quitting. Like yeah, yeah, it doesn't help anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, so that was a that was a movie that like and it wasn't even that I had high expectations for it it was just that I was like you know there's some interest there's some really good people involved with this I bet this could be fun and it was not fun yeah <laughs> I think it was the uh, I was I'm always excited for like the chance that like they'll actually do something good with like a thing from my childhood we're just oh, like, yeah I'm still hopeful like even though I've been burned you know we've all yeah. been burned so many goddamn times but it's just like the moment I saw the the moment I saw the dog, yeah. I was just like, oh, man. I mean, like, it wasn't it wasn't uh, as bad as, uh, say, um, oh, my God, what's the Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. Like the, the original Christmas. version. Except that the weird thing is that, like, they, they it got delayed so many times. And then they didn't, right? They didn't do anything. Like, they didn't change yeah. it at all. No. They, which was like, you had an opportunity because of many different reasons to, that when it got delayed, you're like, I don't know. Like, there was such... Bad t- I mean, like, that was one of those things that, like, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was, like, bigger than what I saw, but it was just, like, it felt like it owned the Internet for a day. And, yeah. And you're like, oh, man, if it owns the Internet for a day, like, that's everyone's first and only thoughts yeah. on the film. And they're like, well, I mean, like, not that I would have it would have ever been a thing that I would have gone to the theater to see pandemic or no. But, like, it it was it would have been something at least I would have turned on streaming or I would have done yeah. whatever to check out or or whatever but i was just it just it was like i don't even know what it was wrong because it wasn't like an unnecessarily an uncanny valley it wasn't the you know uh polar express eyes or something like that (laughs) but it was still like just i think honestly it was just the fact that it it was just a dog that was red there was was nothing like there was nothing cartoonish about it and that kind of worked for the movie because like most of the humor of the movie turned out to be like, <clears throat> he's big and it's wacky because his tail's yeah. going to knock over the table, you yeah. know, but yeah. like, uh, but yeah, that was not a great first, like first impression. I think that they, honestly, I think that what happened with that one was that whereas Sonic, they wanted to be a billion dollar movie mm-hmm. and they were like, we need this to perform. We spent a hundred million dollars on it. Yeah. I think they probably spent more like 20 on Clifford. Yeah. And it was like, no, if we have to add another 50% to the budget to rework the CG, the movie yeah. can't turn a profit. And so yeah, I think it was like, it's a smallish movie. It'll either be a success or not. I, I don't think that they had any necessary, necessarily any like big plans for it to be a franchise. Like I said, it's got a sequel, a sequel greenlit now that it was a success. But also, honestly, they're kind of in this weird position where – because of the pandemic and all of the delays, mm-hmm. um, the life, the lifetime of this franchise is severely limited. Yeah. Because Emily Elizabeth in the books is like eight, and of course in the books does not age. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the movies, she was eleven, I think, when they were shooting the movie. Now she's fifteen. And so, like, yeah. in the second movie, like. And in this movie, she's 11. She can still have, like, 11-year-old impulses and issues. Like, 
you know, her mom leaves town for a week and she's got being babysit by her like loser uncle. Yeah. And she essentially cons him into adopting the dog, even though there's dogs aren't allowed in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that kind of wacky hijinks that 11 year olds get up to. But yeah. like you can't do stuff like that with a 15 year old, yeah. especially because Darby Camp doesn't look especially young. Like, I don't think anybody's going to confuse her for a college kid. Yeah. But like in the first, in the movie, she looked her age. And now she looks her age or one or two years older. Cause like I did an interview with her and Jack. Um, I can't remember his name, the guy from jungle cruise. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I did an interview with the two of them and it was like, Oh, she's almost an adult now. Yeah. Like you're just looking at her going like, no, she looks like a 16 year old. <laughs> and that's going to be weird when the second movie doesn't hasn't started shooting yet so she's gonna yeah, be yeah. a minimum of 16 maybe older <laughs> so we'll have we'll just have a um clifford goes to college um and <laughs> well the funny thing is the, the stuff that i liked about the movie mm-hmm. was mostly like the neighborhood like mm-hmm. the whole shtick of it was that they were living in this like part of harlem and so there was like a melting pot neighborhood and uh david allen greer played their cantankerous landlord you know yeah and yeah. I really I thought that a lot of that stuff worked like essentially you get that same, you know, the, the Spider-Man scene where it's like you don't mess with New Yorkers like you get a really similar scene in Clifford where it's like the neighborhood comes out to stand between her and the cops, basically. <laughs> and uh, that like that works and doesn't work on a logical level, but it works on an emotional level. Um, but when I talked to the producers and I said, have you guys thought about what a sequel might look like they were like well you know her mom's side of the her mom is british and uh so we were thinking maybe the sequel will go to london and it's just like so this whole series is about a girl who lives like in upstate new york with her gargantuan dog and she's eight and it's adorable and you know the second movie in She's like going on college visits in the UK and it's just like, okay, guys, this is this is kind of like the thing of like maybe you don't kill Superman in the second movie. Like it it feels it feels a little bit like that. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds like a problem. That was a lot of talking about Clifford. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, "Ah, for a film that we. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. any it, why don't we kind of flip that was yeah. there any uh any any like really positive surprises like stuff that you didn't necessarily expect to be great that really played um i mean the one of, i mean i guess the biggest film that um i was genuinely surprised um was cruella um and did, did it actually came out this year that's yes. actually now because i waited so long to see it and i'm like Wait. yeah because it came out i think like a week after Zack snyder's justice league uh, okay, but I was actually surprised because like I, I was just like okay I have to just see this and like I saw oh yeah it was Mulan was the other like I, I watched that and Mulan in the same night so I was just like oh they're finally up on Disney Plus and and I'll I'll watch both of them for free because there's no way I would have paid for either of them. Um, Mulan was just not good at all surprisingly um, because I'm like I don't know how. I think that might have been a 2020 movie like a I think later so too. maybe 
Um, but it was just one of those like, oh my God, like I actually like, how do you mess up this? But anyway, um, yeah. and then Cruella was actually like a solidly good film. Um, I don't want another one. I don't want it. I, because I, as much as I enjoy the character in so much as like the, in the yeah. larger film idea, um, I find her actually is like, she's the one in the, in no matter what, <laughs> Like, I think I've probably talked about this, like, at least, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast, but, but it's just like, she's the one character, I think, uh, like, I think of all the Disney villains um, that are like real people, you know, like, mm. that it's not, she's not redeemable, like, no. because what she was doing while she was in the film that we're basing everything on right. was trying to skin dogs <laughs> yeah. for a coat. And you go, okay, like, maybe, like, I can see like if there was a second film, you'd be like, okay, well, no, she has to just be the villain. But you can't. But what? What? Why are you making this film then? It's, then it's just doing like 101 Dalmatians, but from the other side, like exactly yeah. the same film, but like what? what like Rashomon? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not that good of a. It's not that good of a film, <laughs> you know. But but yeah, no, it was, I was just really surprised because it actually is like a genuinely good watchable film. Um and uh, um oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma Stone was, I mean, she's always good in everything. So, I yeah. mean, like, I guess that shouldn't have been surprising, but like, um, cause she doesn't, I don't know, she doesn't she never read to me as like a younger, I yeah. don't know who would, you know? I mean, I, I don't, I guess maybe like the real life, like a real life Cruella is Glenn Close because, right, she played Glenn Close, Glenn Close played Cruella in the um, yes. live action. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, I'm like, Emma eh, Stone's not really a young Glenn Close, <laughs> but. <laughs> Like not, you know, uh, just doesn't look, you know, doesn't whatever. But but, but I yeah, also yeah the the hardness of somebody like Glenn Close, yeah. like I, I think that the reason they picked Emma Stone, who's one of the most appealing actors on the planet, yeah, is because That's of exactly what you're talking about. Like it's a really huge hill to climb to try to make that character likable in any way. And so I think that if you had somebody who was more like an actual, like who seemed like a young Cruella, it yeah. wouldn't play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. It's it just was that was actually one of those that like very rarely um, do do you watch something and go, wow, I was. A, I mean, the basis for me not mm-hmm. wanting to see the film was more along the lines of I don't think this should exist. Yeah. <laughs> In so much as I don't like, we've talked about this a million times. Um, it's just like don't like the like villains being the main character thing. Yeah. Like it was fun in like in like minions and that sort of thing, which, Oh my God, I've actually kind of gotten into <laughs> being around a three-year-old and like often like I'm here with yeah, uh, yeah. like my, not here, but like my friend, a friend's kid for explain her why I'm watching a lot more kids films <laughs> did before. But, um, but uh, like actually watching, I'm like, Oh God damn it. It's actually enjoyable. <laughs> <sighs> the minions aren't actually it, that bad. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, the guy who wrote that movie. Yeah. Uh, as well as Secret Life of Pets, yeah. uh, yes. said really nice things on Twitter about the Josie book. Mm-hmm. Well, then, I mean, not that I, it, it's <laughs> like, it's actually, I'm like, oh, damn it. It's just like, it's an annoying character. And you're like, it's always one of those. And we're like, oh, that's the, it's the fandom that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and by that, I mean, little children. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> actually, it's more, one of those are the, the adults that like, that like minions. I'm like awkward yeah. about. They're, they're, it's like the, the the moms of the Facebook memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it always kind of read to me like even though it, it it's kind of true to character, it's kind of like the people that would have like a uh, Kelvin uh, Kelvin peeing on something sort of yeah. thing. Like it has that sort of 
Ugh. except they actually did try to brand it. So it's, I don't know if it's more disgusting or not, but anyway, yeah. but, but yeah. Um, oh my God. The, um, I don't know if we want to jump to the, like the best, what was your, uh, we can, I don't know if you want to jump around, but like, what was your best film? I, like, what was the I, film that you're like, that actually, I, I guess I would say, what's the film, not necessarily even the best, but like, what's the film that surprised you on how much you liked it? Not, not necessarily like low expectations versus yeah. that, but like, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe how blown, blown out of the water I am with this. Uh, my, for me, it was Bo Burnham inside because yeah. like, uh, you knew him uh, a little bit before. Of him, of him. I don't know. Uh, him, but yeah, of him. But like, yeah. I had no context whatsoever. You were just like, hey, watch this thing. Uh, and I had, I, I think I said this when we talked about it at length on an episode, but like, I, I had consciously avoided Bo Burnham because uh, the, just the name sounds like like a Jeff Dunham kind of like. Yeah, and so I'm just like, okay, I, I have a sense for what that comedy is. Well, is it YouTube? I mean, is a also he's like known as a YouTube star. Like he's known as like a young YouTube star. So I, I can I totally definitely be like him. Oh, really? Uh, just his name. That's actually why I was like eh, about him until I saw there's a, a fantastic. I, I'm sure we did an episode on this, right? I think that was possibly one of the last. <laughs> um, but so I mean, like I've talked about it. But if you didn't hear that one, go back and listen to that. But it's basically just me raving about it, like completely for like an hour or whatever but um there's a green uh green rune episode with paul provenza great old tv show that was on showtime wish it would come back um where basically it's just a bunch of comedians sitting around talking about comedy and bo burnham is on it and basically like i've never seen an episode where all of the all all the comedians um were just like oh my god he's so good that he's too it, this is uncomfortable how good he is which is which is not wrong he is yeah inordinately funny <laughs> but and also like this this film obviously that film showed that yeah. like it's not just funny it's it's you know basically he's a really good writer and filmmaker uh if i'm still like if he did all of that himself i'm i'm very angry yeah. <laughs> like i'm just like especially like when like you get through halfway through that film and he has a song about turning 30 and i'm like motherfucker motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like but yeah, I mean, the it's funny that the, the things that I've rewatched the most this year were Bo Burnham Inside and The Suicide Squad, both of which we did episodes on. So I don't we don't need to say a ton. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of other movies that I really dug that fall into that, like indie. Uh, hey, I watched this for work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and those two were uh, India Sweets and Spices. Uh, which I, I wrote a full review of at Comic Book, and, and I, I liked it a lot. It was, you know, the way that it was sold was like, it's crazy rich Asians, but with India people, um, which is not really true, but it's it gets at the, the gist of it. It's probably closer, honestly, to um, my big fat Greek wedding with yeah. Indian people. Um, but it has a weird uh layer to it that i i can't really talk about without spoiling the movie and i i really suggest people seek it out it's a it's a fun movie but it's it's like it's a fun rom com like culture clash thing and then like there's this one element to it that sets it apart from that kind of movie to me yeah. uh that made me like it a lot more um but also sophia taylor ali is like fucking fantastic in this movie yeah um, I'd never heard of her and it was just one of those, like you start immediately following her on social. Cause it's like, I want to know what her next thing is. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, uh, was monuments, 
Uh, and this one, I think, probably wouldn't have the same rewatchability. Um, but it's it's a really earnest um, movie about love and grief. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, uh, David Sullivan is in it from Primer. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, okay, yeah. Uh, Marguerite Moreau from Wet Hot American Summer. I think it's Marguerite Moreau. Um, but uh, uh, the uh, basic premise of it is this guy's wife died and her insane family uh, is trying to get her ashes because they have like a family plot or something. Mm-hmm. And her husband uh, doesn't want to give them the ashes because he wants to essentially spread them in the way that his wife would have liked. Yeah. Um, and as he essentially steals the urn and goes on the road, he starts seeing his wife and interacting with her. Interesting. And so it's like this this weird road movie where he's like trying – he doesn't know where he's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a combination of like – trying to figure out what his wife would have wanted and just like trying to get away from her family. Cause she has like a crazy brother who follows him and beats him up all the time. Um, and, and so it's like, it's a, it's a movie that gets weird sometimes in ways that aren't great. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, the Sullivan and Moreau, their, their stuff was just so dynamite that it, it made the fact that the rest of the movie was kind of lackluster work. Okay. For me. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it's just one of those movies where you could tell the director was really trying to do a thing like even the stuff with her family that didn't work as much for me because like it was this very earnest, very not even solemn movie because it was still funny in the bits with him and his wife. But like it was very earnest. And then like the family are like from my name is Earl. Yeah. They're like transparent they're like transplanted into this movie from another world. And so like that stuff didn't work as well for me, but like, again, it, it just kind of, it was the rest of it was strong enough to, to kind of pull it up. And that wasn't a great movie. I would say India sweets and spices is a legit great movie. Mm -hmm. Um, monuments is a movie that I was just surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Uh, and, uh, kind of surprised by how well it held together. Cause you watch the trailer and you're like, well, I'm watching this cause I really want to, Ask David Sullivan about Primer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, the two the two that were good that I I, I would say didn't surprise me at all, but mm-hmm. uh, it was nice to not be disappointed. Yeah. Were uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Um, we already talked about Snyder's League. We don't need yeah. to get into it more, but I just I, I watched it a second time with Callie, and like she actually watched the entire four hour thing, which like people <laughs> that's about, yeah. listen to this don't know my wife, but that's unthinkable. Like yeah. her watching a four hour superhero movie, yeah. um, and so uh, it, it it held up at, on rewatch. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Mitchell's vs. the Machines, I loved what I saw of it. It's on my list as a thing that I watched, but there were a bunch of things this year that I saw, like, with my family. Yeah. And so it's like I was, like, doing bedtime for the kids and missed a third of it. <laughs> and so I, I can't say, like, oh, my, it's my favorite of the year 
just yeah. on the strength of like I couldn't justify that position by discussing the movie. Uh, but it <laughs> yeah. was the, the bits of it that I saw were, were a delight. Um, and obviously, like, the animation's beautiful. It's from the, the Spider-Verse guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought that was, uh, that's like, it. it's my best film of the year, or favorite film of the year, I'll say. Um, yeah. I think best film of the year. I think it's kind of, to an extent, interchangeable um, on that, because, oh, my God. I mean, it's just still, I still think about that film uh, every yeah. once in a while, especially since, like, I just had uh, my... Uh, uh, my friend's uh, daughter got her into Spider-Man by by yeah. sitting down and having her watch, which I was actually really surprised that uh, Spider-Verse um, worked for a three-year-old. Because <laughs> yeah. actually a bunch of people were like, I don't know, it might be a little it might be a little intense or whatever. And like, yeah, it was intense. Like you could see like saucer eyes, but I couldn't tell whether that was like the like being basically hypnotized by the like animation of like. I mean, because I mean, like, there's just nothing, nothing like that, you know. I mean, like, I can't. The 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 new trailer, I'm twitching. Like, I I, I want to go, I I want to go in head in time and watch. Like, I there's nothing else in the world that I'm looking forward. To. Like, I'm a Batman fan as well, and I'm like, eh, I'm like, eh, I'm worried about that film more than I am excited about it coming out. Um, but like this. Yeah. I, I'm reasonably confident that the Batman movie is going to be good. I just can't bring myself to give a shit. Honestly, like, I think part of it is I'm much more excited for Michael Keaton's return. Like, looking ahead to 2022, yeah. it's like, which Batman do you want to see more? <laughs> Robert Pattinson as angry emo Batman or Michael fucking Keaton as the guy from Batman Beyond? And it's just like, no, I will I will take door number two, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, my my biggest thing is I I'm not looking forward to oh my god we're gonna have to talk about Snyder's universe again and I'm just <laughs> like I look at like we've talked a lot about it and we're both you know both fans and but like I just don't care anymore. Like yeah yeah would would some if 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 the films came out like if if like suddenly somebody handed him the reins again which it's never going to happen guys it's never going to happen <laughs> like it's done like and I hate to say the fandom is part of the reason but um like I mean there's genuinely a portion of the internet that never will see the films uh, <laughs> like doesn't oh, want to see the films that's, that's because the thing, of the fandom cannot make a billion dollar uh Zack Snyder DC mm -hmm. movie. Because so many people have built their identity around hating him. Yeah. And so I mean, well, I mean, also and also built their identity around hating everyone else that doesn't like him. That yeah. for good reason don't. I mean, look at I'm a I'm a fan, but also I can completely 100% understand why you don't want or like yeah. this universe. Like there are people that like the Marvel aesthetic and the Marvel thing, and then there's people like this, and I'm like, I'm also like, I also want to see a different. I like I like the idea of having you know, different directors and different kind of visions because like, yeah, it, the dark, the darkness is not always honestly, everyone, but like, honestly, I think that DC would have been much better off to have a, a more loosely connected shared universe yeah, where uh, it could be more creator driven and movies could be the tone of the character. Yeah. Like the, the movies that have worked the best uh, for me, and I, I'll, I'll take Man of Steel out of the equation because I thought that was a masterpiece. But like 
now it's of a piece with BVS and Z- and Zack Snyder's Justice League, and yeah. so it becomes a, a different animal. Yeah. Um, but the the things that I've liked the most from DC that I thought have worked the best have been things like Wonder Woman and Shazam and the Suicide Squad, where yeah. it's like, oh no, this is that person's film. Like yeah. it. Yeah. it it, it exists in the Snyder universe. The characters can wink and a nod and exchange whatever, but mm-hmm. like they're creator driven. And I think yeah. that DC traditionally, because they didn't have a shared universe in the mm-hmm. way that Marvel did at the very beginning, because like Marvel built that almost immediately, whereas DC existed for like 25, 30 years before they started doing it in a big yeah. way. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, you had this opportunity to emulate the comics like DC has a weird kind of take a little from this and a little from that texture to its universe. And that makes it feel much different than Marvel where it's like, mm-hmm. everybody's literally in the same city. Yeah. Of course, everything looks the same. It's always New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so like, to me, it was a, it's a missed opportunity. And then that's part of the, that's in, indelibly part of the conversation around Snyder stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I'm going to be real, really interested to see what Andy Machietti does with the flash, because uh, he's a guy who does have his own distinct style, obviously. Um, also like Zach's gone and there's nobody to replace him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like they have a house style to work with. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be real interested. I'm, I, I suspect that he will make that movie that the, the biggest influence on that movie is going to be Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. Um, right. And also then you get it. And not that we should get, not get, we should not get any farther into this, but like also then you can have garbage films like Joker and it doesn't, um, doesn't like influence the world and it doesn't make people other people as well where it's just like oh well it's another dark film it's another whatever it's like you know i mean like green lantern should be fun like if they come out with a green lantern film it should be like what i know i've never read a green lantern but like everything i have ever garnered from green lantern world it's not batman and it's it's more along the lines of you know of a superman world than it is than a but just in the like in the heroic like yeah. nature of it and it just as in the traditional way that we think of like yeah. superheroes um but yeah anyway let's one let's thing i'll say to, but yeah i'm sorry good kind of yeah. move on from the dc conversation yeah. but one thing i'll say is that uh i remember watching the suicide squad and thinking like man the suicide squad would fit really nicely with um doom patrol and legends of tomorrow yeah and that's a thing that I'll give them a lot of credit for in the Arrowverse, which again, I like those shows anyway, but like part of the reason that I'm able to like those shows is because each one is its own distinct entity and they exist in a shared space and they sometimes interact, but like there's mm-hmm. no feeling that like, well, I can't do the thing I want to do because it might fuck up Supergirl. Yeah. Like it, each of those shows was very much their own thing that had its own tone and its own whatever. And then every now and again, you just get them together and be like, okay guys, it's justice league again. And I think that's, that's what DC should have done with the films is just like, yeah, just because Shazam has a wildly different tone than the Batman doesn't mean two can't meet and have some fun poking holes in the fact that those tones don't match. 
Um, yeah. You just have to do it smart. Yeah, um, yeah. But then it would take you not taking yourself so seriously, which is a problem. But um, yeah. which is a problem that I think that like I don't know. Anyway, like yeah. I said, you win an Academy Award from Nolan's uh, Nolan's Worlds, and then you're starting to be like, okay, well, we're we're doing art films, not uh, anyway. But yeah. um, <laughs> not is, fun. But yeah. is there anything else that you want to really delve into? Uh, otherwise, I was thinking it might be fun to just literally go down the lists and uh, and have a couple of thoughts uh, and then wrap up. The um, I think the only other one that like. Um, I'm just trying to think of anything else that because like you haven't uh, there's a couple like there's the handful of films that like I'm like ecstatic about um, you haven't seen yet because they've come out moderately recently. Um, yeah. But like I, I just watched um, Encanto and like this is like I I'm a crier at movies to begin with, um, especially like a, a handful of Disney films. But um, oh, man, like this, they like the the only thing I can compare it to is the is I mean it's very obviously it's still Disney it's still like right. kind of that world, um but like it is very close to the level of animation uh and what they're doing with it they're still keeping it all the same it's not like Mitchell's uh, Mitchell versus Machine or the Spider Verse films where it's just like it's using you know everything under the sun and throwing it and like really delving into it but like the camera movement and the way that they're doing with um with uh, uh computer animation is like this this to me mm-hmm. i mean I, it will probably end up winning i i don't it's hard to say like it's i hope that mitchell's wins you know the oscar best. for best animation and it should i think but like this in another year or something like that like in canto it's, damn it's well should really hard to know because like disney gets a lot like disney tends to get the benefit of the doubt vote where yeah. it's just like uh, unless there's a unless there's a really profound reason not to vote for them, it's just the default for the for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't see, it. and and there's a better chance. I mean, but but it's been such a weird year with uh with animation that like it'll be there's like a there's a handful of uh, um really serious animated films that are out. I'm blanking on the names because uh, they it's like also uh I think there's one or two foreign ones that are out there too that like look spectacular. I haven't obviously have as haven't had had a chance to see them yet, but. Like the way that like it it's the first film that I've seen that I'm like, this is actually how like I can tell you what cameras they would have yeah. and what gear they would have doing this shot. And they stuck with that. Yeah. Like there's just like, oh, that's a dolly. Sh-. Like this feels like a dolly shot. This feels like a handheld camera, the way that they're following the dancers around and that sort of thing. And I mean, never mind the fact like this is like I said, like my my notes and like what I've said was like this is my favorite film, favorite Disney film since Lilo and Stitch. Uh, which anyone knows me, it's <laughs> that's a high that's high praise. But it's um, the the amazing nature of like Disney actually recognizing that like it's a film based in Colombia, um, and actually like that that brown people aren't all brown, <laughs> like just yeah. one palette and things like that, like that like you know because like so many other films are just like you know you have uh, uh, Frozen, it's just like okay well it's a palette of white people. Um, and you're like very small, very different shades, but like, you know, you have a country like Colombia where it's just like, you have, uh, you know, influences of, uh, um, African, uh, African, uh, being, uh, Africans being, uh, imported, uh, via slavery and whatever through the country you have, you know, conquistador, <laughs> you have all these influences. And so you have a vast varied look of people and they actually did that. 
they actually like even within like the family because they're this great family i mean it is it's also a really great um like since superhero films comic book films are are such a big thing encounters about a family that all have like different special powers and basically at a certain point when they grow up they they go to a door and the house that it like has its own kind of living it's a living house um that communicates also the creativity and the way that they like the house communicates using like tiles and and just like you know weirdness <laughs> like it like build staircases out of the blue to help somebody or whatever but like dealing the way that it's it's probably one of the also one of the best like superhero films i've i've, I've seen as well um because you have an arc where it's not really that spoilers. They'd have an arc where uh, at, at a certain point um, they start losing their superpowers. And basically it's a film about coming to terms. Oh my God. I'm like, actually like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they come to terms with like their being isn't just their super, isn't their powers and, and things like that. And, and like, since it's a film that takes place in Colombia in the 50s, I forget, I don't know how I don't know what time period it does. Um, at, at a certain point in the past, um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any cars or anything like that. So, but um, but uh, <clears throat> it, it doesn't have any sort of comic. It's not like a nod towards comic books. There's no right. like superhero nods or anything like that, which is something that Disney obviously could do really easily because yeah. like hell they have, they own all the properties anyway, um, and they don't do any of that. And so it just kind of exists within its own world, which is also a, a thing that I like as well, even though. Um, which is actually surprising as well, since it's from uh, Lin Man Wendell. Um, he wrote the songs and uh, and like did the story. He has a story by credit. And so like that film, I am. <laughs> it's amusing because my my three year old niece uh, doesn't. It's, it's like eh, it's fine. Yeah, she's a hundred percent into Spider Man now. <laughs> That's all she wants to watch. And so, which Spidey and uh, the Spidey and Friends uh, uh, thing that actually is a real, it's actually a surprisingly good, yeah. uh, a good cartoon as well. Which if anyone was rocking, I, I think it's, I think it's new as well because it only has one season. Yeah, um, I think so. so they it's have, on Disney family, and I think like season two is on TV right now, and season one's right. on Disney Plus. Um, but how do you recommend on that if you have a if you have yeah. like a little kid because it's very little kid but it's like oh the moralities of everything and also like the stakes are so low which is yeah. something I really enjoy like you have like Green Goblin is like Green Goblin is making snowmen and the snowmen are like literally not attacking anyone they're just chasing after people and like no one gets injured or like they're stealing they're stealing like oh my God what are they like just nothing like they're stealing like bread or like it's like it's like the the stakes of paw patrol where it's like i'm gonna steal the the statue it's like okay that's like we're gonna stop you but ultimately if you succeed yeah doesn't it's statue or a fucking chicken yeah Uh, yeah Yeah, no there's a there's a great episode (laughs) where literally i was just like wait is he literally just is green goblin just who by the way in the in the in the show is super fey like like limp wrist like level type but almost on that level which is hilarious but um but green goblin is just dropping laughing gas like mm-hmm. it doesn't poison anybody it doesn't hurt anybody it's just going through and dropping laughing gas and they're like we have to stop and we have to do it uh, we join together and like do everything and it's like okay <laughs> like, <Yeah>. who cares <laughs> like everyone's laughing i love stuff like that. <laughs> but it's just it's it's like, so I enjoyable can- I, that's one thing where I kind of wish that there was more space for that in the superhero, yeah. mainstream yeah. superhero space. Um, 
I've had, I've, I've had this conversation recently because I was looking for um, a comic book that like, like with maybe with the superheroes or whatever, but, but like even just a comic book, like an actual comic book, not a graphic novel, not like Captain Underpants or anything like that, but like just that is like meant for that I could like read to a three or four year old or could enjoy it. And then in so much as like it's big and it's just like it doesn't fucking exist. Like yeah, there's my little pony things. stuff, but like, you know, yeah. DC used to have Tiny Titans, and that was perfect for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's been out of print for like five years, so to get it, you'd have to like get yeah. collected edition anyway. Yeah, um, I have I haven't introduced her to uh, the DC world yet, so I'm I'm waiting for. I actually have to talk to you about like what 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 Superman because that's going to be a whole thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> so uh, you want to do a, a speed round before we yes. hang up? And yep. I will say, let, let me start with, uh, I'll start on my list, and I'm going to start with Vivo, because you talked at length about Encanto. Uh, that's, Vivo is the other movie that Lin-Manuel Miranda did this year that was animated, where he did a bunch of the songs, and he voiced the main character, which is, it's not a monkey. What is it? Um, uh, Kinkajou. Uh, and it it's just perfectly average like it, it looks it <laughs> yeah it's just it's so perfectly boringly average like it's not bad it's not good the plot is something that you've seen 150 times every villain is something that you've seen before and you're just like i want my my daughter went through a period where she wanted to watch it like every day for 2 weeks and then when she stopped, I immediately forgot that that movie existed. Yeah. Like, it just, it made no impression on me. <laughs> that was literally, by the way, that was literally my, like, one line um, of Wrath of Man. I was yeah. like, I know I watched this film. I think I actually paid to rent it. I don't remember anything at all about it. Like, I literally looked at photos, and I'm like, I don't remember any of these. Yeah. Like, I know that I know that the act I know I can look at the actors and I'm like, yes, I remember those people are in the film. But I'm like and I couldn't even like differentiate and be like, wait, is that a different film by that director? No, I just can't I literally don't have a memory of it at all. Yeah, <laughs> I have a bunch of uh, thousand yeah, <laughs> dollar bills sitting around the house that are wrath, wrath of man branded and like a whiskey set because yeah. uh, they sent me this press kit. Uh, and then I never got a chance to see the movie because they didn't send me a screener. And I've just like nobody but nobody in this house but me was interested. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, OK, well, I I guess if you don't send me a screener and I have to pay for it, then like if anybody if if, if I can't get anybody to watch it with me, I'm not going to pay 24 bucks for yeah, the yeah, premiere. Right. Yeah, um, I did not. I think I got, I think I watched it on Redbox. So, yeah. uh, so it's like I paid like, but I also probably forgot to return it. So I probably actually paid like seven dollars to, yeah. to watch it. But goddamn. All right. So I'm gonna do uh, like I said, I'm gonna do a speed round just to try to get us through so that this doesn't become a four hour podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, at your recommendation, I watched Don't Look Up yesterday, or rather, I watched the first half of Don't Look Up before realizing I was much too tired to finish it. Uh, my big takeaway from it was it has that same energy as uh, Idiocracy and to a certain extent Josie. Um, so I like that energy, uh, and I thought that the cast was by and large perfectly competent. Like they're all very good actors. Um, it just something wasn't clicking with me. Like it was it was fine. There were a couple of things that were smart, a couple of things that were funny, but it just mostly was fine. 
pretty much same same my same feelings like i'm gonna rewatch it because everybody keeps saying oh it's better on the second watch yeah. um and also just because like the discourse about it is like we're, we'll have to do like a full length thing yeah or something about I, it. I think that's a good idea um, it's yeah but um but yeah that was kind of my same thing where i was just like i'm I was very excited, very excited because the trailer looked great, but like, just kind of like, oh, it just felt, you know, it, it felt liberal, like liberal. Yeah. Um, and which is weird coming from David Sirota because he's wrote it and he's like, he quit journalism to go work for Bernie Sanders. So yeah. it was like, yeah, anyway, anyway, next. Yeah. Uh, I, my, my thing with that, by the way, which I tweeted was uh, if, if you want, don't look up, go watch War Inc. instead. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Red Notice I watched. That was indeed a movie. Uh, yep. that's, that's about all I got to say about it. It was exactly what it looked like in the ads, which was not for me, but, you know, not terrible or anything. Just kind of a movie that existed. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, it really does. I mean, a slightly more serious review is like as as much as it was entertaining in a few places. First of all, the script was a fucking mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, they were trying to they were they were too clever by half trying to do all the twists and turns. And it was just like this didn't feel like it was a bunch of earned twists. It felt like you didn't know what the fuck to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also on top of that, it just you take those three A-list talents who are like incredibly compelling screen presences yeah. and you put them together in this movie that's just totally forgettable. And you're it just like. The big thing that I got out of it was like you're wasting all of these people's time. Yeah, yeah, and like all three of them are the some of the best A-listers that do banter. Yeah, like that do like like oh they could be in a smartly written comedy by yeah. like you know God I'm trying to think of it. So anyway but like by like somebody and yeah. by uh, by uh, a uh, guy who does uh, Vice like uh, or Veep Veep not Vice yeah. but like they could do that um, and all of them do that really well and all of them are so personable but like none of that dialogue is there none of that none of the com- there's I don't understand like all these people like fucking The Rock has chemistry with uh, fucking Kevin Hart who is, yeah. in my view, one of the most unlikable human beings on the face of the planet. Um, and <laughs> he makes me want to watch a film with this man, with that man in it. And uh, um, I have a personal backstory with him. So um, but <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, but yeah, like I, I this film, I was just like, I, I know I watched it again, but I'm like and I can remember like points of the film yeah. and I can remember, oh, the the twist. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I will say the one thing uh, you, you talked about the banter and how good they all are with that. And I think mm-hmm. the reason that a lot of stuff didn't land for me is because the way the movie was written, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think the writer had a sense for Gal Gadot's voice because like she has a very specific kind of cadence and mm-hmm. she's good at banter. She's funny, but like they were writing it like all three of those people were Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And yeah. the rock can swing that mostly um but gal could not it and it it does it i feel and i based <clears throat> on the fact that like his his alcohol is in in the movie as well um his excellent gin by the way aviation um <laughs> we are not paid for that but i also <laughs> but like anytime um but like i have a feeling that he was probably like 
the guy that's like a hundred percent attached to the film, possibly producing it. Like I haven't seen what the, I don't remember what the I'm production sure is. So it's hard to know. Well, I mean like, he, like he has like a production. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure all of them have, but like Ryan Reynolds, like also had like, he's yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, and then they probably attach the other two people. <laughs> like it feels like a, okay. So whose schedule can we match with this film? We already have Ryan Reynolds attached who, is seemingly able to do like 30 films a year um, or willing to. And uh, um, he probably doesn't. I don't know. Like that's probably I'm a bad really, exaggeration. I'm but. really disappointed that at no point in the press junket did anybody ask them about um, their their stellar work together in Criminal. Um, <laughs> oh, there. I did so, find out that The Rock has a tequila too. So, yes. um, but. I'll have to try it at some point, even though I don't like the tequila. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. So, yeah, my next uh, next thing on my list is Single All the Way, which uh, was one of those Hallmark-style Christmas movies that Netflix did. I can't remember very much about it at all, other than that it was even in – because, like, my, my wife and her sister and her mom watched a ton of those this year. And I'm sure I could have put, like, an extra six on this list if I knew what any of them were called. Um, yeah. Uh, Actually, I don't think I don't think Single All the Way is one I watched. I think I misremembered it because I think that that no 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 I did watch this one. Yes, this one I did watch. Um, there's there's one that uh, Rachel Lee Cook did this year, and so I for a second I thought I had. Um, but this is one of those movies where it's just like everybody's perfectly fine, but like nobody is like it. It, it really just feels like. Okay, we've got Kathy Najimy, we got Jennifer Coolidge, we've got a gay couple, so that's gonna like bring in a certain chunk of audience. And it was just like, I I don't, I don't get what the movie was supposed to be. Like nothing. It was one of those things where like the central conflict was like the these these two people in a relationship who didn't quite know what their relationship was, and like at no point did they get me invested enough to care what that relationship was. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, even within the world of that kind of movie, which is not for me, but which I can watch and kind of like absorb what's entertaining about it. Mm-hmm. This one just felt like a broken toy. Um, Jungle, I have not seen this. <laughs> Jungle Cruise, I watched, uh, everybody's great in it. The movie, the script could have used another three passes. Uh, it was very, very kind of flawed, but you know, fun, dumb, fine. Uh, I have not seen it either. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon is one of those movies the kids watched a hundred times. Uh, I, it's not my favorite, and I can't quite pin down why. It's it's a, a really it's a beautifully animated movie. Uh, there's nothing really wrong with the script. Uh, character designs are really really sharp. I just I for whatever reason it did not connect with me. Uh, it felt a little soulless. Um, Luca. Uh, Honestly, it's one of those movies where I've seen and I've seen the whole movie, but only in chunks because, I've, again, the kids have watched it multiple times. Um, really likable main characters. The conflict, it's you know, it's funny. We're talking about the superhero thing where it's like, oh, there's just yeah. no stakes and that's funny and that's whatever. That's definitely true for like a half hour show. I don't know that it works with a two hour movie yeah. um, because like it the whole thing just at no point did you feel like there was any stakes like it was just and and there's no real resolution to the story 
it's like they're they're these two people they're like sea monsters and it's kind of like splash where uh they're fine as long as they don't get wet um yeah and so then they transform into sea monsters when they're wet and they are trying to like get somewhere do something i don't remember but they end up in this community where people are like obsessed with stories of sea monsters and there's like people hunting sea monsters and so it's like this is the worst possible place for you to be um and it doesn't really resolve um like it does resolve in the sense that like at the end they decide to stay there because the community accepts them but there's never a really good reason for why the community accepts them it's just like they get outed and then within about a minute and a half it's like the main monster hunter is like yeah but they're friends with my daughter now so i guess we can't do anything about it um jesus and so it's just one of those like there was there was not much in the way of stakes and then there was just nothing in the way of resolution it was just like the ending just happened it was like hey guys it's like we're like 100 minutes into this it's, it's happy ending happy ending yeah um uh let me see hitman's wife's bodyguard is another uh star-studded ryan reynolds vehicle which i thought was perfectly fine um i might have enjoyed this one a little bit more than i liked than i enjoyed the first one um but they were also basically the same movie um uh i I agree as well um which it's on the other hand though i'm really fine with more of this like there's certain films where i'm just like yes i will take another one of those yeah no I mean, it, the it, banter is fantastic like that like those yeah. episode on it i would come out sounding a lot more positive on it because yeah, it, it yeah, had yeah. that same energy as things like rampage and skyscraper but yeah but it's but it by a, i 100 percent agree with you on the like it is a film it is another film i will watch it if it is it is a film that if it's on tv i will stop clicking and that's the film i'm watching for yeah. until it's over and then i will move on to something else but yeah. i don't know i don't know if i'll turn it on i don't know if i'll recommend it to somebody necessarily like other than yeah. like oh look at it's on netflix or it's on whatever and like yeah let's let's watch it fine yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um i watched amazon cinderella with my family and uh <laughs> the, the biggest thing that i have the big takeaway i had from that is that uh camila cabejo is one of those people who like i've never been really exposed to her she Mm. seems like she should be incredibly compelling like she seems like you should really want to watch her uh that did not come through in the movie like and the music in the movie was just kind of meh like it was very much it was a movie that felt like uh, there's a handful of good ideas here we should probably do something with them nah just kick it out Um, yeah that's basically what I've like I've heard. I haven't I haven't seen yeah. it and have no plans at all to see it because I don't care. <laughs> but it's not my it's not a film. There's oh god I can't um there was another movie too that I watched this year uh, that I was like oh my god this had so much fucking potential and it just squandered it. Uh, Lucky it was uh, directed by Brea Grant who's uh, an actress who. She's like a, a genre favorite. She was in Heroes for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, it it it's like a time loop movie. Uh, okay. Uh, time yeah. loop horror movie. But uh, but not because like the, the time loop doesn't actually reset. Like she calls the police day after day after day and they remember their previous interactions. Uh, basically what happens is uh, – She's uh, this like suburban housewife wakes up to a sound one night 
and it's like a, a masked slasher in the house. Mm-hmm. She's like freaking out and screaming and running away. And her husband is very nonchalant about the whole thing and just kind of comes out, shoots the guy, goes back to bed. And when she gets up the next day, like she's she the the husband's like, yeah, he come he comes every night. You don't that that's just that's a thing that happens. We just have to kill this guy every day. Yeah. How could you not know this? Um, and like so it's it's this weird thing of like uh getting into like gaslighting and uh like emotional abuse and all these and like the husband leaves almost immediately because like he's like you're being irrational i can't deal with this bullshit i'm gonna go live with my friend for a while you get your you know and so then it becomes like throughout the course of the movie she gets better and better at fighting the slasher because like she knows what he's gonna do she knows his basics so she like gets to the point where it's like well I'm, i don't wear shoes anymore because he can hear me moving around and mm-hmm. you know whatever um i i was mistaken by the way it wasn't directed by uh Brea grant it was written by her uh but uh she directed something else at the same time basically um but anyways one of those things where it's like it's a really interesting idea and there's a lot there and uh in the in the last like 15 minutes it tries to get super like serious and smart in a way that makes me feel like her ambitions were like get out um and it just doesn't hold together like i want it like you get about 20 minutes in and you're like oh man this could be really cool and it just never quite clicks and it I, i felt i ended up feeling like I couldn't really be disappointed by it because like I had zero expectations for it going in. Yeah. But by the end, you're just like it, it had that same basic thing uh, that you had with um, uh, the Cinderella thing where it's like, yeah, there's no reason this couldn't have been great. Like and, and even Bray, it's funny, she wrote it and she starred in it. And Bray mm-hmm. Grant in the lead role was really good. Mm-hmm. Um She's not an actor who I've ever had any particular affection for, but she clearly had a vision for what she wanted out of the script she wrote. Yeah. Um, but it really – it feels like it could have used just, like, another pass. Like, get a different screenwriter in here to punch up some stuff. There's, like, a twist at the end that comes out of absolutely nowhere. And, like, the scene that the uh, – I, I don't think anybody's going to watch it from um, – <laughs> I can't remember how she gets there, but she ends up in this like parking garage where another woman is being attacked by a different slasher. And it's like it it's this message about how like women are emotionally abused and like that every woman has her own like personal harasser yeah. that follows them around and tries to kill them every night. Yeah. Um and like so you have this this like final scene where you're like in this parking garage and there's like four different sets of like women and slashers that are all having their like independent journeys. And like she has to like try to save one of the other people, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, it's such a cool like it was shot really well and it's kind of such a cool idea. But like there was no connective tissue to bring us from point A to B to be like what are you trying to say here how did she get to the point where all these people are having it at the same time instead of it being just her and everybody thinks she's crazy like there was no 
moment where it was just like, okay, it all comes together and it makes sense. And you're like, this is what the movie is. Um, and the only reason I even know that like, it was supposed to be like feminist messaging about the, you know, abusers mm-hmm. and stuff is because like, I, I talked to the director for my job and she told me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so it's like, it really is one of those, like, you're like, there's no reason this couldn't have been a really cool, really good thing. And it just, it didn't click. Didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I, I kind of felt the same way about, uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I thought it was funny. Um, I thought that the performances were good. Um, it was a movie that I went into with high expectations because a bunch of my friends had said it was wonderful. And then Harry and Deb, uh, the directors of Josie and the Pussycats had said something about it. That was, you know, somebody said it was the spiritual successor to Josie and the Pussycats. And Harry was like, Oh, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I love that movie. Um, but, uh, but it was just fine. Like it was, you know, it was an entertaining 90 minutes or whatever it was. But like, there's all these people who were like, that's the funniest thing I've seen in years. I can't wait for the sequel. And I'm just like, I mean, if they make one, I guess I might watch it. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of that during the pandemic, and I think I'm probably guilty as well, because like, I'm looking at some films that are on my list where I'm like, oh, this was the best thing, and then the next thing happened. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I, um, and I never, happens, for, I forgot obviously, about it. Obviously, but I think you're right that it's been really uh, exacerbated by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let me keep going. Uh, Castle Falls, I saw. it. It was... One of the better ones of this kind of weird thing that Lionsgate and Saban have where they do like mockbusters, um, you know, it was uh, Scott Adkins and uh, or yeah, Scott Adkins and. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Thank you. And Lundgren actually directed the thing. Um, and like they were both really good. But again, it was just one of those things where you're just like, I've seen this movie, like I've seen this movie a hundred times and it was fine every time. It was never more than good. Um, the conceit of it is basically uh, a drug dealer has put ten million and has hidden twenty million dollars in this building, like this old hospital that's been in disuse for years. And uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren plays a, a prison guard whose daughter is dying of cancer and he wants to get her experimental treatment. And the insurance company won't pay for it. And so like somehow he becomes aware of this drug dealer's money and like the drug dealer's brother who's on the outside and this down on his luck MMA fighter who happens to be working at the building, like, cause they're tearing it down. Yeah. And Dolph Lundgren end up in like a three-way race to try to find the money before the hospital is literally imploded and there's no way to get it ever again. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's one of those like from the very first moment you're just like I see exactly where this movie goes. Like, okay, so he teams up with the MMA guy, they get the money, all the bad guys get trapped inside of the exploding building. The end. You know. Um, I will say the postscript to it was. Lundgren going in and like I, I think the implication was that he kills the drug dealer it's like but it's like he's literally like the, the the postscript to this movie about like this fundamentally decent guy who's trying to save his dying kid mm-hmm. is oh and then he goes and abuses his power as a fucking prison guard to do physical harm to somebody who he believes has wronged him and then you're just like okay Ugh. that's a thing that happened um 
Paw Patrol, the movie I watched, surprisingly good animation, except for the fact that uh, Ryder, the main kid in it, looks absolutely nothing like he does in the TV show, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm in spite of the fact that, you know, uh, Trump's press secretary tried to peddle bullshit that said this movie had been or this uh, this TV show had been canceled by the left uh, because of the police dog. Yeah. Uh, this movie that came out 12 months later features the police dog as the main character. And mm-hmm. uh, we're that I don't know. I don't especially like Chase as somebody who has to watch a lot of these shows. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that, like, if there if you'd had any time, you could have like just the story was interchangeable. It could have been any of the dogs. Yeah. Uh, also uh, made one hundred and thirty million dollars. So I think it's OK. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think they're, okay. they're doing a sequel where the dogs are superheroes for 2023. Um, uh, he's all that I watched because, uh, of course, I did. Yeah. It was really bad. Um, everybody in it was really bad except for Rachel Lee Cook and Matt Lillard, who had about two minutes. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise <laughs> me. But the other thing is it didn't understand. It seemed to fundamentally not understand what made she's all that work. Um, you know, the Freddie Prince Jr.'s character was I don't ever remember thinking that he was a sleaze ball. Like yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, he's a popular kid who's like out of touch with reality and he's kind of a jerk. But like he was never like overtly a terrible human. Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't. I mean, he had a because the character had to be redeemable. Yeah, I mean, like at, at to some level, but if I remember correctly, it's been a while. This girl, like this girl, was terrible. Like she, the because it's a gender swap thing, so the she's the Freddie Prince character, and she was just awful. And yeah. I just remember, uh, like the only reason that she was redeemable is because everybody else in the movie is worse than her. Um, <laughs> which just then is like it takes what was originally a light movie where it's like there was one really like maybe two really terrible people in that whole movie because Paul Walker was yeah. terrible and then the the girl that he ends up with but like outside of those two it was like it was a light movie yeah like the 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 remake was like it was it just felt really cynical and really mean and it, I don't think it meant to be I think it just didn't understand the assignment yeah uh, and of course, the fact that it was populated by a bunch of TikTok people who have never acted before for more than two minutes at a time also doesn't help. Yeah. Um, and Mortal, Mortal Kombat Legends: Battle of the Realms, which is not the feature film, but an animated feature film that went straight mm-hmm. to video, where uh, Joel McHale was Johnny Cage. Um, it was fine. I mean, it's again, it's one of those. It's another in a long line of all those Warner Brothers animated movies. I'm sure I've seen a couple more of those this year. I just didn't get to that point on the list. Um, this one I mostly remember because, like, they had me talk to Joel McHale, and this is his second outing as Johnny Cage. There was a previous animated movie a couple of years ago, yeah. and uh, the big thing I, I was talking to him, and I didn't know what the hell to ask because they don't kill him, but they do like put him in the tournament. And have him immediately get curb stomped. Like, it was like, the whole gag was, I'm fighting a girl, this will be easy. And then she comes in and smashes the crap out of him. And I think kicks him in the balls. Like, 
And again, it was all played for laughs. Johnny Cage just played for laughs in these animated movies because uh, Joel McHale is the voice. But it just felt like that was the thing that stuck out to me. Like, not all of the other mythology. Uh, the, the two things that stuck out to me was, one, Johnny Cage was the joke and went down very quickly in a bunch of jokes that kind of bordered on sexist. Mm-hmm. And secondly, that it seems to me this was the story, like the canonical story of Mortal Kombat 1, um, the video game. Because, like, at the end, it's like... Uh, Liu Kang wins the tournament. He gets imbued with some powers and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I don't don't remember anything about the mythology of Mortal Kombat. I feel like it's gotten much more complicated over the years. But uh, the one thing I do remember is like getting Mortal Kombat 2 for the Genesis and like booting it up and finding out like, oh, Liu Kang was the person you were supposed to be cheering for. Interesting. (laughs) That was the only thing that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other movie that I could think of that I saw this year that uh, was I hadn't already discussed was Dark Web Cicada 3301, Ooh. which is exactly what it sounds like. It's another one of those like direct to streaming awful action thriller things. Uh, I watched it because I was doing an interview. I don't remember almost anything about it except that Connor Leslie was in it, who uh, is Donna Troy in Titans. And just like Titans. I feel like Connor Leslie is incredibly charming and totally wasted in this. Like, first of all, she's just like she has one of those faces. She has, she looks like Anne Hathaway. Like she has that Anne Hathaway kind of energy where you're just like, no, put her in something light. Don't yeah. constantly yeah. have her bathed in darkness because like she's so pale and has the dark eyes and the, like yeah. it doesn't work to have her bathed in darkness. She let her do romantic comedies <laughs> yeah and and it's like with with Anne Hathaway she, that's what she cut her teeth doing yeah. and Connor Leslie I've only ever seen her in Titans and then this and in both she's perfectly fine but like she feels totally out of place because like she just looks like she doesn't belong in the movie she looks like she's a Disney princess stuck in a horror movie um yeah yeah I'm looking at her I just like searched her because I like I recognize the face but like yeah. um but yeah it's yeah Anyway, but uh, she has an adorable dog. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but that's, yeah, uh, that's I'll, my I'll, list. Like I said, I'm sure there were other things that I saw this year. I just didn't get to that point in the list. And and honestly, of all of these, mm-hmm. there's like maybe five that are worth actually talking about at length. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll 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 very quickly go through because there's mm-hmm. a bunch that I. I, I know at least there's a bunch I know you didn't see um really like Matrix uh, I saw just start literally I think it's basically almost backwards because I just went through like one of those like here's all the films that came out last year list yeah um and was like copy and paste and then notes um Matrix uh, Resurrections um I actually really loved it I was really really apprehensive about it um but and like even our our mutual friend uh, CS was like eh, like I, I liked it but I, I have thoughts and I'm, I'm trying to get him to come on because um, yeah. we have to we should really do a thing about it because this is like one of those films that like the we had a bootleg that we passed around oh, <laughs> back, yeah. in, back in '99 uh, thanks Jim by the way um, but uh, but yeah uh, I think it was every teacher letting us show that VCD and <laughs> oh my God I forgot yeah um, but what it re- really reminded reminded me of uh, was basically one of the only other kind of like late boot uh reboots uh which is uh bill and ted mm. um it it did everything kind of right 
Um, yeah. It added new characters. It it updated it for 2020, you know, the, this era, and mm-hmm. kind of was like, oh, this is this is actually really solidly good. The only problem I had was I didn't. It wasn't like the the fight sequences and stuff like that like weren't up to the Matrix. Like it felt like a okay, you only have even though the Matrix was. I don't know. I, actually, I don't know the Matrix original Matrix's budget. Like, but like, it felt like it was. Even though the technology is obviously much cheaper to do now, and like all these things are cheaper, that like you could literally remake the Matrix for like 25% of the budget, probably um, outside of the actor, whatever. But um, it felt like a less of a less of a film, lesser of a film. Like the fight sequences and anyway. Well, like I guess we'll talk about more about it. Uh, yeah, uh, Kate. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead assassin movie. Um, I forget Netflix, I think. Um, fantastic. It was super fun. Um, basically she's poisoned and then has to like go through it. Anyway. Um, it, it walks a lot of lines of like, Oh, so she's like, the, uh, that Jason Statham movie where he's going to explode. It, it's kind of like that. It's almost played to the level of not, not it doesn't have the level of camp but there is a lot of camp um and she's fucking fantastic like i love uh, uh mary elizabeth winston she's do we have to say her entire name is she one of those actresses um but uh but like she's she's fantastic in it and it walks a really good line because she's i'm trying to remember what it was she, i forget whether she's adopt she's a she's a uh obviously a white girl in basically the world uh like japan's mm-hmm. Oh God, what's the gang called? Um, the Yakuza kind of like world, and she goes on a revenge thing, and um, it does a really good job of like not being like, oh, she's the white girl, and the, you know, like there's always the like the white main character, and then there's I think it walks a really good line with it. On the complete flip side of that is Gunpowder Milkshake. So disappointed, so disappointing. Um, Karen Gillan from uh, guardians galaxy everything um and uh but like i was super super excited for that because i love um i really love assassin films where with a female lead and god it just was bad like everyone in it was fought was great but the script was shit <laughs> like everyone like all the actors i wouldn't i wouldn't change out a single character i wouldn't whatever but it tried to do a um a john wick thing and failed fucking miserably like yeah. it, it was like we're gonna do john wick but we're not gonna try that hard um yeah. uh good good compare uh the harder they fall um fantastic western um i don't know what my necessarily problem with absolutely loving it was other than i don't like idris alba as a villain um and it's just one of those like weird things where i'm like i know that probably most people know him originally as a villain i know him as luther (laughs) like uh, but i don't know him from the wire um and which is probably most people that um free guy um i thought that was lots of fun there's absolutely that could have been it could have been so bad but like I watched it with uh, I watched it with my friend Carrie and she does she's not a film person usually usually she's on her phone like kind of immediately and um, she absolutely she watched the whole thing and actually really enjoyed it um, and I think it's just one of those I'm like oh actually a film that you can watch with a bunch of other people and it's great um, uh, let's see Dune um, it was fine I wish I could have seen it in theaters because it looked beautiful but it just it's the half it's half of a film it's half of a film. And like, I don't know, like that, it's not, it's not even Lord of the Rings, which like each one of those is like a full film. Um, It's just, in, you know, but like, this just felt like, oh, it ended. And I'm like, why did you kill everyone? <laughs> but 
Um, let's see, uh, boss level. We, I think we've talked about that, uh, right? Uh, other outside of. I haven't seen it. Oh, we didn't. Oh, really? Oh, it, it, boss level. Um, basically, it's another one of those uh, um, Groundhog Day kind of like action type films that <laughs> seem to be a thing now because there's a bunch of like weird in like indie ones that they've done it too. Um, but actually, really, really fantastic. Um, my God, I'm blanking on the lead. Um, but anyway, Mel Gibson's in it. He plays a villain which I wish he wasn't in it, but uh, whatever. Um, really fun. Uh, plays plays with the kind of genre of like waking up every day, learning something new, and then kind of going on as an action thing. Great. Um, Ice Road with Liam Neeson. It's not good, but it's one of those that I've watched like four times. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, so, it's just, it's like the type of film that I watch four times. Uh, Jolt, another assassin, uh, female assassin film. Um, and... Uh, uh, I don't know why I have Kate Winslet as the assassin thing. It is not Kate Winslet. It is um, uh, Underworld. Um, oh, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale, yes. Uh, Kate Beckinsale. She's fantastic in it. Um, she's got like a weird like rage issue that like basically um, some her doctor gives her like shock te- therapy on it. And like it's like got a weird kink thing going on, uh, which is whatever. But it's. I hope, really hope that they do a sequel because like they set they set it up for it um, and like it's it's really fun. Uh, Army of Thieves. I don't understand why this film came out after Army of the Dead, um, even though I know like the I know the idea like because everyone in the film dies like you know that the main character dies and I'm like why do I care then like I mean I get it like every it's a it's a great film but if I hadn't seen Army of Dead it would have been a better film. Yeah. Um, Cosmic Sin. Wow, that was a bad fucking film. Uh, Bruce Willis, a direct-to-video um, with, uh, oh my God, the guy from Boss Level. I'm blanking on his name, um, who I love. Uh, but anyway, um, don't see that film. Don't Just don't. Like, even for a dollar on whatever. Uh, Nobody. Um, fantastic film. Uh, absolutely fucking, like, I was super, super excited for it. And have seen it like six times and we'll probably end up seeing it this week now that I've thought about it again. Um, it's one of the first films I think that during the pandemic, I actually paid like the $24 or whatever it was for like the buy it, like right when it came out. And I'm very happy with it. <laughs> um, not sure if a sequel will ever happen, but um, I kind of hope that they do it because it's a, it's a great, I mean, it's a very, you know, it's like a John wick type thing or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I'm fine with the it. The biggest like, challenge will be Odenkirk's health because that's he, yeah. Literally in my notes was like, if he, if he can literally do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's obviously very action intense, mm-hmm. intense. And uh, yeah, the man had what a, a heart attack or a stroke. I forget which. Uh, it was a severe heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow war. Um, it was so stupid, but it's fine. I'll take it in the pandemic. It's 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 a big action film that should have been on a big screen, but import, you know, but Amazon put it out. Um, it's whatever. Um, Snake Eyes, uh, shockingly good. Um, and I hope that that's where they take the GI Joe like IP, um, because the first two GI Joes, as a like kid that grew up on GI Joe, um, mm-hmm. and loves it still, even military, whatever. Um, like this, this was like fucking great, and I. Hope they do more of it. Uh, Willie's Wonderland. Um, I have seen this Nick Cage film multiple times. I have shown it to everybody I um, mm-hmm. that I can get to watch it. Um, it is he he says like three words in the whole film and it's fantastic. Um, Black Widow was a huge fucking disappointment, um, and I was not even looking forward to it. 
<laughs> um, let's see. Werewolves Within. Uh, it was a fun film. I uh, wish it was a bit better. Um, I'm not quite sure what is missing there. Um, but uh, the AT&T girl can act, um, not, which isn't really surprising. That's, that's I mean, but uh, um, she's going to be Bro Girl in the uh, yes. um, the thing that Kevin Beagle was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, she'd be she would have been perfect for it. But she was she's adorable and as always, but she also like she does does really great. She's not just like it doesn't like come off as like, oh, this is a bit and also like there's nothing there's no feeling that like this is like, oh, we got somebody who's like everybody's gonna know her name. I don't even think she's on the cover of the movie poster. Like I didn't necessarily know until I watched the trailer. Um uh, the we uh hulu's uh we work documentary um very good um i felt it was a little bit too kind on we work but uh there it is uh concrete cowboy uh netflix uh great film again with uh idris alba um super small like one of those small stakes films but um i think it was just i think I, I wish we had more of those films um where you can have like a big action star in like a really good film that like it's just oh it's just about a father and a son thing um saving up the horses um stable um tom clancy's uh without remorse felt like it was missing something i'm not really quite sure but like i like the character and hope it goes uh green knight um probably the film that i was most looking forward to this year uh, finally watched it like a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, or like a week or two ago. Beautiful art film, possibly a bit too art, a bit too A24 production company. Um, still enjoyed it. Happy I bought it. It is definitely a film I wish that I had seen on the big screen. Um, Suicide Squad, I've watched probably a dozen to- or half a dozen times now, and we've already talked about that. Uh, obviously, The Marksman, it's fine. Uh, Liam Neeson saves a hispanic kid from whatever um those who wish we those who wish me dead um netflix i think um oh wow everything was bad i felt bad for everybody that was involved in that film (laughs) it was so bad uh quiet place 2 um it is basically another film another quiet place and and it it is what it is um and it, it isn't it's good but it's just like i don't really it, nothing really happened like it didn't progress anything forward um ron's gone wrong disney film um basically it's a so it's like i really dug it a lot and then i started thinking about it more and basically it's just it's it's mitchell's versus the machines i i did get that but I, again i didn't watch yeah. ron's gone wrong but i got that same thing i was like you know this feels an awful lot like we just saw it yeah again definitely worth watching it has it's the writing's really good on it but like the back half of the film just kind of gets into that uh thing where like oh the bots are going wrong and things are bad um and uh let's see probably my second or third uh like on my top five uh exterminate all the brutes three-part documentary series on hbo one of the best documentary films i've ever seen in my life literally changed the way that like i'm working on a, a documentary myself right now and literally i'm like okay i just want to do this i just want to do this version of this um uh it is by raul oh my god i'm like i'm, I'm sorry uh, i forgot his last name um uh raul peck um it is by raul peck his voiceover is 
incredible because his voice is insanely good. Um, like doing the, just like voiceover. It's um, basically it's a, uh, a history of uh, so there's a, the path to new the world, unsettling and intricate uh, story of genocides, conquest, slavery, and the fabrication of whiteness. Um, it is a insanely far reaching film, like just an enormity um, about kind of like slavery, but also about, how we perceive blackness in America or just the world in general, but blackness as a bad thing. But it also like it cuts back and forth. Josh Hartnett's fantastic in it because it's also it goes through. It's like half documentary, but it's also half uh, like reenact. Not real. Yeah. Obviously not real reenactment, but reenactment. Kind of they did with the Phil Oaks in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's uh, uh, God, it's just it's insane. Like it's one of the few films that my um uh, person I work for a lot. We both we both work for Greg Palast. I had him watch the the third part of it because it's not really a, you know, it's not like something you're like, oh, I missed something because if you know basic history, like you get, but like I had him watch the third part of it where they start talking about like Holocaust, um, and he was literally he just stood for like, like I was watching it. He walks into the room and he stood for like an hour and a half <laughs> just watching it. And like, that's not something if anyone, you know, hey, we, he does not watch that. He thinks that everyone else's documentary films are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I that's should, my, yeah, go ahead. I should tack on I uh, two things I forgot about that were both really good. Um, uh, they were documentary films as well, but incredibly uh, low stakes relative to the stuff you're talking about. Uh, there was a movie called Closed for Storm. Uh, it was actually done by uh, Jake Williams, is a YouTuber. He does a channel called Bright Sun Films, where he does urban exploring and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Closed for Storm is essentially a documentary about the Six Flags in New Orleans that got closed uh, during the uh, the massive hurricane down there Katrina, and yeah. never reopened. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a movie called Live from the Space Stage. Uh, which was distributed by it was Kickstarter funded and distributed by another YouTube channel called Defunct Land. It's about uh, this band where Disney essentially tried to manufacture a Star Wars band uh, <laughs> back in the 80s. Uh, for one summer, this this group called Halix appeared on one of the Tomorrowland stages every day, and it's a documentary about that band. And uh, it's it's really interesting because it is it's one of those things where like. For the most for the most part, the stakes are so low. It's like you're mm. talking about a theme park attraction that happened for one summer 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a little beat at the end where it gets really serious for a minute. And you're like, oh, um, and uh, and it, they do a really good job of navigating it. Like I never in a million years would have cared about Halix. If I had gone to Disney, I would have seen that and been like, that's not for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I sat through that entire documentary like three times. Uh, it was just very, very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was one of those things that I watched more than once as I was doing the Josie book. Uh, there was another documentary also called uh, Wolfman's Got Arts about the production of Monster Squad. Uh, that one is not a 2021 movie, but between that and the Halix documentary, I like probably watched the two of them at least twice or three times all the way through. And then like chunks of them a bunch of times, because it was just like, both of them got so much right of what I was trying to do with the Josie book. Yeah. All right. Any uh, final thoughts? Cause I feel like I should uh, 
sleep at some point. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I got. Um, uh, we should probably, I don't know how much TV you've watched, but we should probably also talk about, because I mean, like, at some point I want to talk about, like, reservation dogs and how fucking good yeah. it is. But, um, <laughs> separate thing, because I, since I cover TV, I've, I've yes. watched enough of it that I should probably have some thoughts assembled. Yeah, no, no. I mean, um, I'm I, the one. The one thing I'm actually like, because I, I kind of thought that like this year was kind of a shit year for film. I mean, it was a shit year, but um, like the last year, and I've been last before, before that. But anyway, but and then probably the next one will be too. But um, I was like, oh, I mean, like obviously different. Like the the big kind of like temple films that you normally would have, like were you know things that were really disappointing, kind of like red notice you know that was supposedly the big i'm still like i'm still like when people say that like oh or when netflix says i'm not sorry sorry not people when netflix says oh this is a you know this is our biggest film ever everybody in the you know so whatever and i'm like i don't believe that like not only because like you never show what your numbers are and there's no there's no transparency on 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 what your you know ratings are um but like i i can't think of a single person that would watch that film again which is all, which is the only way on, on streaming and and kind of in, in theaters as well that you have like big blockbuster stuff right. and you know and that is not a film that i can ever think of seeing again like i i don't even though i even though now i'm like okay was it as was it as kind of meh as i remember it and i'm like i don't care i don't care enough about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so like, that's like, yeah, there's a, like an hour handful of films where I'm like, oh yeah, I got to go back and watch, I got to go back and watch Jolt again because I'm like, was it as weird? And also like, I completely forgot about Kate, even yeah. though I absolutely love that film. Um, like I, I, I think I might've actually watched it. Like when one of those, I'm like, oh, I just started it again because yeah. you know, both of the ways that we watch a lot of films is yeah. like we're working and it's on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> which is a big problem now because my TV's behind me now, like right where my desk is. So I can't do that anymore. I'm like actually getting work done. It's bad. It's bad, <laughs> but I'm not watching. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'm going to wrap up for tonight and uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, be back here by noon on the fifth day for more from Emerald city video. And always remember to rewind your cassettes. It's very important. A B E N.